You are listening to the Supermoms Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 115. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 115. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Happy New Year, supermoms. It is here. You made it through those crazy holidays. It is 2022 by the time you're listening to this. The pace of change in our world is ramping up. It is really intensifying. And it's been very strange to try and promote my mini retreat that I've got for moms, which is an in-person event. Very strange to promote that during COVID and Omicron and all the surges that we're seeing post-Christmas. So I hope that if you had a COVID Christmas, that it was a very mild case. And I hope that you had a wonderful time and connections with your family. But I most importantly hope that you took some time by yourself, especially after Christmas, to recharge and fill up your tank. It drains us, those holiday preparations. It takes a lot out of us. And nobody else is going to give you a break if you don't take it. So that's what my mini retreat is all about. It's a small group, very small, but I'm hoping to still do it in person. I'm on the fence. If you have an opinion either way, you can email me and let me know. Say, I want to come, but I want it to be in person or I want to come, but I don't want it to be in person. I want it to be online. But it's going to be a fabulous day that is designed for moms who struggle to prioritize themselves when their kids are around. But it's feeling like it's more and more important because their cup is not running over (laughs) with so much energy, joy, love that you can just give it away and just flows naturally. What happens is our cups run dry and get empty and we don't know how to fill them back up. And so that's what the mini tree treat is going to be all about. It's figuring out what do I want? Because what you want is really key to your essence and it changes all the time as kids change and their needs and demands evolve. So do ours. And so we've got to get really clear on what you want and then figure out how to make it happen. And all the obstacles that come in the way of like, oh, but I shouldn't need that. Or if I was a good mom, I wouldn't need time away from my kids. All that jazz. Everybody has all the same obstacles that come up. I don't have time. I don't have money. It's selfish. We're going to do it together as a group. So, and then hold each other accountable and support each other and encourage everybody else to learn how to prioritize their own needs because it's the cultural social programming that causes us not to. So uh, we're going to learn together with some cultural social support, learn to learn how to, how to prioritize myself. Even my kids are still around and still need me. So that you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash mini retreat with a hyphen in between. But today we are talking about a daughter who's plagued by indecision. She's got some anxiety that shows up around making decisions. So 
If you know anybody who struggles with this, you might relate. If you struggle with this, then please listen. Dear Tori, my 12-year-old daughter gets really worked up when it's time to make decisions. Right now, I'm watching her work herself up into a state over whether she should or should not return a gift she got for Christmas. Her anxiety shows up in little ways, like should she go to a sleepover or not, what food to order off of a menu, or bigger decisions, like should she go out for the club team or stay in the recreational league. I have tried many things to help her, but nothing seems to work. Hmm, Sounds like a super mom, right? We give it a try. We really do. So the other night we were watching The Good Place together, and she recognized herself in the character of Cheaty. He tries so hard to make the right decisions. It gives him chronic stomach aches, but his suffering causes other people to be annoyed by him. I think it's the first time she realized that her struggle to make decisions affects others, not just herself. She may not care what I think or about annoying me, but she does care about her friends and she doesn't want her friends to be annoyed by her indecision. She is motivated to change and ask me for help, but I don't know what to tell her. This is not a problem I understand or struggle with. Do you have suggestions to help someone who is plagued by indecision? Amanda. Okay. So we're going to start with our parent educator answer. And this type of anxiety is one that most therapists are trained to handle. So starting with finding a psychologist to help her is my first recommendation. Okay. Because that's just a form of anxiety. And it's a very annoying one. (laughs) This is also the type of anxiety that's going to greatly affect you, mama, not just your daughter. So I am happy to help you understand it better so that you can be a more effective resource to your daughter. Because it's very easy to get annoyed by this. When you're not someone who struggles with it, you're like, oh my God, just make a decision. Get over it. It's so easy, right? So it affects parents as well. So I like to think of it just as if your child was diagnosed with celiac disease. You would learn everything you could about being gluten-free and start making changes in your lifestyle to support your newly diagnosed child, right? You wouldn't get annoyed with her for having celiac, nor would you blame yourself for something that you did to cause it. So when it comes to mental health issues like anxiety or depression, I think we should take the same approach. Learn grieve, grieve the loss of the old child prior to the diagnosis, surrender, adapt, and repeat. (laughs) Learn, grieve, surrender, adapt, repeat. So Amanda, in in her letter, it sounds like she's done all this very well. She accepts it without resistance. She's tried offering suggestions. She doesn't blame herself or her daughter. So let's learn more about it. So difficulty making decisions stems from perfectionism. Now, we think that perfectionism means needing to have a perfectly clean house, and it can be that. But generally, it's more about the belief that there is a right way and a wrong way, and I need to make sure I choose the right decision. People who struggle to make decisions are trying to optimize their choice because they believe that there is one right answer and the consequences of choosing the wrong answer are dire Analysis paralysis takes over and they get stuck considering countless data points and possible future outcomes. So being plagued by indecision sucks. It's really an annoying place to be. 
the character of Chidi from The Good Place, has a chronic stomach ache and he has difficulty enjoying himself, right? He doesn't have access to his intuition. He can't just listen to his gut. His brain has been hijacked. When someone is stuck in anxious indecision, they're unable to hear that intuitive voice that we all depend on. The fear that they're in, fear of making the wrong decision, blocks them from being able to listen to reason, like higher level thinking, or just like gut instincts and emotions. Giving kids choices seems like a good thing, and it is in small doses, but too many choices can feel overwhelming. I remember taking my five-year-old to a candy shop and saying, you can have anything you want in this whole store that fits into this little white bag. I have this fantasy, probably something I got from TV, about how his eyes would widen and he would look at me with wonder and gratitude while he excitedly picked his way through the brightly colored bins. I was so busy reveling in what a cool mom I was, I didn't notice his hunched over shoulders, his furrowed brow. The more he weighed his options, the more weight seemed to fall on his shoulders. I remember seeing a dad sweeping his arm around the periphery of Toys R Us, exclaiming to his son and a lot of other people in the store, son, you could have any toy you want in the whole store. This dad was so proud of himself, but after five minutes, they walked through the store. The boy was melting down in a fit of overwhelm, stress, and indecision. So this is a really common thing where we think that having anything you want in the whole world, the whole store is this wonderful gift we give our kids, but very often it is too much, too overwhelming, and they cry and melt down. So research shows that choice overload causes people to be less satisfied and engage less with their final decision, meaning that they aren't as happy with their decision as those who went with their gut or even those who made like a half-hearted decision. Like people who just decide easily and quickly are more satisfied than those who weigh all the pros and cons, agonize over it, and feel overwhelmed. So how can we help our kids who are living in this world full of choices but are plagued by indecision? Well, in the actual moment of paralyzed anxiety, here's three things you can do. Number one, sympathize. And realize that they are suffering even more than you are. So even if it's annoying to you or you're like, come on, hurry up, make a decision, it is way worse for them. So we just first start with compassion and sympathy. Second, make decisions for them and eliminate the pressure. Not out of annoyance or frustration, but just like, okay, this is too much for you. I'm just going to decide. It's nice to have someone to blame if it doesn't work out. So if they regret their decision, then they could say it was mom's fault. So we can give that to them. Okay. And the third thing in a moment of anxiety is just decide not to decide. Like we're going to table this decision. We're not going to dwell on it today. If that's a possibility that you can postpone or delay and just encourage your child to kind of take the energy used to wrestle with the decision and take it elsewhere so that she can have a break from her brain. Then later, when they're calmer, you can do these three things. Number one, play the game of you are getting warmer. 
this is one of the things I love to do in my little mini retreats. And I did it in my girls leadership camp. It's such a great little metaphor for life, right? Because you know, the game of like, you're getting warmer, you're hot, you're boiling up. Oh, now you're cold. Okay. So you tell your kid that the right answer, quote unquote, is hidden in the room and they have to figure out where it is. And so you play this game and what happens and you want to help them realize is that the only way to lose this game is to not take a step in any direction, to stand in one place and agonize (laughs) paralyzing fear over which is the right way to step is the only way to lose the game. Because even if you step in a colder direction, then it gives them helpful information. They can pivot and inform their next step in a different direction. Just like life. If you make the quote unquote wrong decision, it'll feel colder. It won't feel good to you. So then you know which way not to go. So that's the first thing was like when they're calm and relaxed and still have a decision to make, you can play this game. You're getting warmer. The second thing when they're calm and relaxed is to point out some of the decisions that they make on a daily basis that are easy, right? Like maybe they don't even think about what to put in their lunch. They just put the same thing for lunch every day. You can show them how habits and routines reduce the number of decisions they need to make, which makes everybody's life easier. So kind of deciding ahead of time and eliminating the choice in the moment. Number three is to practice celebrating mistakes. So this is something that perfectionistic kids really need help with because they're scared to make the wrong choice and you want to flip it and you want to say, okay, like who made the best mistake today? Like I made a doozy. Who can top me? You want to talk about mistakes as though they're a good thing. Talk about bad choices that turned out to be good choices. Like, oh, I thought that was a terrible decision. But then later when I look back, I think, aha, that was the right one. Or you as a mom can share poor decisions that you've made that turned into funny stories, like maybe dumb, stupid, embarrassing things that you faux pas that you made in your lifetime are the funny, embarrassing stories that you share at New Year's Eve parties. (laughs) So help them see that whether you're stepping in the warm or cold direction, it's all just a part of the life's journey and nothing is actually going wrong. So today's life coaching answer, what gets in our way from being compassionate, helpful guides when our kids are melting down over seemingly nothing? Well, different brain states. So you, it sounds like for Amanda, she's in her logical brain. And most parents, I think, are, you know, when they're watching their kid melt down, they're, they have access to the big picture of life. And they're like, this is not worth getting upset over. <laughs> this is not a make it or break it moment. And so these different brain states can sometimes get in our way. As we're in logical brain and our daughter or kids might be an anxious, fearful part of her of their brains, right? So if she makes the wrong decision, here's what's going to happen. Her inner mean girl is going to start berating her, telling her what a stupid loser she is. She is legitimately afraid of what she's going to say to herself about herself. This is unconscious to her, but every perfectionist I've ever talked to has this as the ultimate worst case scenario. 
So if you ask a perfectionist, like, what's the worst thing that might happen if you make the wrong decision? They say, well, I'll regret it. And, you know, all bad things will happen, all the futurizing, catastrophizing, and what ifs. But if you keep on that road, you say, okay, so what if, you know, everything goes to hell in a handbasket, your whole family dies, and you're the only one, and it's all your fault, right? Like, let's go down that road. Then what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And the worst thing is always what they're going to say to themselves about themselves if all the bad things happen. So that's what perfectionism is, in my opinion, is this fear of our own inner mean voice and beating ourselves up. And perfectionists can have a very harsh voice. An inner mean girl can be sounds a very mild description to call this inner voice inside our heads. So being in different brain states can make it harder to understand where your child is coming from. It's very easy to get annoyed or exasperated because you aren't thinking the way she is. But you could also use your different brain states to help elevate her mind to a higher consciousness. This is what we want to do. We want to help her shift out of anxiety brain and into a higher brain state. For example... I can remember, I have been plagued by a decision in the past. I can relate to this. I've had lots of perfectionism. So I remember being in a Burger King, working myself into a fretful state, trying to decide what to order. As the line grew longer with people behind me, the pressure I was putting on myself felt as strong as the smell of French fry grease in the air. It was thick and I was staring at the menu, comparing calories and nutritional benefits, and trying to optimize my order to spend the least amount of money possible on the healthiest thing. I didn't know what to order, but I felt pressured to make the best decision in a short period of time. So finally, I stepped aside and let those in the line behind me go through so I could have more time with my weird math health problem. I was so enveloped in my indecision They couldn't even see how ridiculous I was being. It wasn't until my husband pointed out kindly and sarcastically that saving $1.25 while eating junk food was not creating the quality experience he looked for in an outing to Burger King. He suggested enjoyment of the dining experience was more important than extra coins or calories. Of course he was right. Like it was a silly thing to get riled up over. But my brain was totally hijacked. It was in fear, perfectionism, maximizing opportunity. When he talked about his values and his priorities in like a humorous way, his levity and poignancy shifted my brain out of fear and into a higher state. So that is something that we can do with our kids. Try not to get annoyed and exasperated, but point out your perspective on things and focus on your values and what you think is important with a little levity. (laughs) Humor is always helpful, but but not like laughing at your kid, right? Just saying like, well, I think that, you know, if you're going to spend 20 minutes trying to decide what to order for a buck 25, I think I would pay you a buck 25 to not spend 20 minutes deciding. (laughs) And so, you know, really what was happening is like ordering food at Burger King was against my values. 
I, I was very health conscious and saving money was aligned with my value. So I was getting in this conflicting values situation. So having somebody like not make fun of me, not make me feel terrible about myself, but just kind of point out from an external perspective, what was happening was really helpful. When we think about what we want and what's important to us in the long run, it shifts us into a higher state of consciousness. Just like Einstein all often said, we can't solve problems using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. So in order to solve the problem of indecision, you need to shift to a different brain state. So best way I think you can help your daughter make decisions is to help her shift her mental state into relaxation, love, humor, optimism. One way to do this is by playing the metaphor game. Now you can't do this in the moment, but later, if you've got some time in relaxation mode going on, you can try playing the metaphor game. So let's say there's a decision that really does belong to her daughter. You can't take it off her plate for her. She does really need to decide. Remind her that she is safe and loved no matter what she chooses. I want to repeat that because she is not safe and loved by the mean inner voice inside her head. So when you come in and you say, you know what, no matter what you choose, your dad and I will love you. We are totally here for you. You are safe. And that if she regrets it later, she can always pivot and no one's going to be mad at her. So she needs to hear that because that's not what actually happens inside her head. So let's say she's trying to decide if she should attend a sleepover and her mind is spinning around in circles considering all the what ifs. What if she wants to come home? What if everyone is on their phones? What about COVID? What will her friends, will they talk about her if she's not there? And it's high stakes, (laughs) sleepovers. Her anxious brain is not going to help her decide. So instead, look out the window or go for a walk and play the metaphor game. How is my decision to go to the sleepover like this tree? You could pick anything. How is my life like this plant? How is it? You just kind of want to bring two different things together and say, how are they similar? So, she might say, how's my decision to go to the sleepover like this tree? Let's say she says, well, from far away, it looks like a simple, ordinary tree. But when you look closely, there's a root growing over another root, strangling the tree's access to nutrients. This tree looks healthy, but it's struggling, kind of like me. I look the same on the outside, but because of my anxiety, I'm not getting full access to my intuition and higher brain. Or maybe you can ask yourself the question, how is my decision to go to the sleepover like that frozen lake? Well, maybe she'll come up with something like, people look at me and they think they understand me. I look cool and calm like that lake. But once you get out onto the lake, you realize I can be fragile and unpredictable. I've got waters underneath me that run deep and are filled with wildness. Maybe I want to go to a sleepover where people know the wild and deep version of me, not just the cool and calm version. Now you might be thinking, I do not see my kid coming up with these (laughs) wild metaphors. And maybe that's true. Maybe they, it's a muscle that they need to practice and use. But the beautiful thing about the metaphor game is that it's a game. There's no right or wrong answers. 
The purpose is to stretch the imagination, be silly, and shift us into the right hemisphere of the brain. So that's what we want. The right hemisphere of the brain is where intuition lies. It gets you out of the spinning around in circles mental hurricane (laughs) that comes over us with anxiety. But just by looking at a tree and saying, hmm, how is this tree like my life? Suddenly, our brain has access to our calm knowing, or at least it's building some synaptic activity so that your child will have more access in the future to that beloved intuition that we all yearn for. Today's super mom kryptonite is the dreaded what if. Part of what causes doubt, uncertainty, and decision anxiety is thinking about all the what ifs that may occur. It is exhausting. So just so you see what I'm talking about, Google decision-making frameworks and put it in Google images and you will be overwhelmed in the first like 30 seconds with templates and flow charts to help you analyze and maximize all the potential outcomes to make the best possible decision. Like it's overwhelming to the brain. Trying to anticipate all the possible what-if future scenarios will drain your energy and drive us crazy. So sometimes indecision is a sign that you need more information. Doing research, gathering data can help us make an informed decision. But at other times, it keeps us stuck in a mental hurricane. So when trying to decide something, know your values. Know what you want and then do your diligence. Weigh your options, but as soon as you're turning up the same information over and over again, it's time to go with your gut. That's when you got to cut it off. Stop with the analysis paralysis. If you're not gaining new information and you're repeating the old, it's time to take it away, go for a walk and play the metaphor game. Or you can ask yourself this one question. This one question can really help you Make a decision when it's a hard decision to make. Does this choice feel like bondage or liberation? You want to go with the decision that feels like freedom. Take a step in the direction of freedom, in the direction that feels warmer to you, and away from bondage. Today's super mom power boost is hot tubs. I am a huge fan of hot tubs. I just bought one for our new lake house and it was a big decision. I have to admit the prices have gone up considerably and I was having a really hard time spending that much on a hot tub. I, but I love them. I can count on one hand the number of years I have lived without them. And I know I sound very Californian when I talk about this, but especially during COVID, it has been such a gift. And so even though it didn't pencil, there's not a great return on investment, choosing to buy a hot tub felt like freedom. So if you have considered buying, you could buy a used one off next door or Facebook Marketplace, or you've been wanting one, but your partner doesn't think you'll use it enough, perhaps this list will help you pull the trigger and make a big decision that you won't regret if you're like me. And if you do regret it, you can tell your inner mean girl that it's my fault (laughs) and I'll take the blame. 
here are 10 reasons why I think hot tubs are great for super moms and are not just for Californians. (laughs) Number one, you can experience a deep relaxation without leaving your property. Like instant relaxation with immersion into that hot water. It's fabulous. Number two, it's close enough to home to bring a baby monitor, but far away enough to act as your sanctuary where you can go in the hot tub and get a break from the house, from the kids, from the teenagers, and they may or may not find you there. (laughs) Number three, your kids will practice swimming all year round. So when summer comes, they aren't afraid of the water. They feel confident holding their breath. You know, I put swimming in quotations because like it's not actual swimming, but it's a great little way to kind of keep them used to the water during the winter months. Number four is a great place for family bonding and deep conversations with their teen or your tweens. If they get uncomfortable, they could just dunk under the water, <laughs> but it's great. It kind of brings the conversation to a deeper place because everyone's relaxed. Number five, it feels like a break. It feels like another place to go, especially if you're home all day, working from home or quarantining or uh, just a stay home mom or something. If you're home a lot, it's so nice to feel like, oh, here's a place to go. It, it's a transition point from your work day to your relaxation time. Number six, it extends your day. You get to be outside longer without freezing your tushy off during these dark winter days. And so even as the temperature gets cold, you can be outside in the daylight, which is good for our psyches. Number seven, somehow it helps siblings get along better. They use their imaginations, they make up games, they recognize that they are each other's playmates and they might as well figure out how to get along, so they tend to do so. Number eight, depending on the age of your kids, they can go in with only distant supervision from you. So you get to enjoy the peace and quiet inside the home while your kids are out in the hot tub. Number nine, your body will thank you. Of course, muscle tension is real in my house. and you know, nothing like hot, moist things to help loosen those tight muscles. And number 10, the last and best reason to get a hot tub is because you can read, you can listen to music, but you don't want to bring your cell phones into the hot tub. It is not a place that is conducive to screen time. So that is my uh, pitch for hot tubs today. And I will end with today's quote Always make decisions that prioritize your inner peace. Izzy Victoria Odiasi. So you can pass that on to your daughter. Help her focus on her values, what she wants, and help her make decisions that prioritize inner peace. Thank you so much for listening, and I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.